This is the Integrative Entrepreneur Podcast, where it's not what you do, but how you do it. This is a podcast for entrepreneurs brought to you by entrepreneurs. We have been building a multi-million dollar healthcare business for over 10 years, and we have weaved together some of the best information for the people that are doing the best work in the business. This includes Dr. Martini, who is a master in human behavior, to Vern Harnish, who has created the methodologies of scaling up that has scaled many, many of the best businesses that we all know of. We want you to not only have a business that you love, but also a life that you love. All right, everyone, welcome back. So we are on part two of the what, Nick? I have no idea. <laughs> Literally, if I didn't intro every podcast, we'd just be screwed over here. But just to remind you what we're talking about, we are talking about the five struggles of a CEO slash entrepreneur. Welcome back. <laughs> Glad to be here. <laughs> so as we segue from the last part. If, um, it, hold on. I, I need I need to defend myself. Okay. Here. Okay. Were you sleeping? Is that what happened? <laughs> no. As If you look at my human design... Okay. I work best responding. Oh, fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) So we do actually incorporate human design into the Institute because of things like this, when you get frustrated as either a spouse, a business partner, and uh, you're just like, what's wrong with you? And it actually comes back to their human design. (laughs) We're all wired different. We all function different. (laughs) And when we can understand that wiring, we can get along and use the other people but you can still give them shit that's that's my rule (laughs) all right so as we are getting into the topic so we were talking a lot about the things that you really can't delegate as being the head of the company so again if you're calling yourself the ceo if you're calling yourself an entrepreneur uh, or if you're just calling yourself the business owner and also how you really need to build off of a strong foundation So one of the key things we were talking about is how that strong foundation really comes back to the vision of your company, but it also comes back to the culture of your company because your culture trickles into how, you know, your employees are interacting with each other as well as with you. And it's also how they're showing up for the customer or putting their love and TLC into the products that you're creating. So when it comes to building this strong foundation is there's a couple of things that need to be considered is, you know, do you have proper communication with your team and with your higher ups and their teams? And this is really built on how your meetings are structured. And if your team feels that it is appropriate for them to bring feedback and to be honest and transparent about different initiatives that are being launched and what might work and what might not or what may work and what might not work. And it's also comes back to the CEO of are you choosing certainty over clarity and are you pretty much having analysis paralysis? I have so many things I want to talk about right now. <laughs> okay, we're going to we're going to pause that because your face is like <laughs> all over. Um, but you know, this analysis paralysis is when we're running a business and obviously we have a larger if we have a larger business, we have a lot at stake. So, we need to use data. We need to use analytics. We we really need to make sure we're doing our due diligence to look at all of the moving parts. But at the same time is we have to balance that with also risk. 
And uh, being polarized in one or the other can create its own set of issues. So it's finding that balance. And we're going to really scratch the surface here because as we work with people through the Institute, we dig into who they are, what they're doing, you know, how is their business functioning, what's working, what's not working. And when you have those details and those intricacies, you can get really, really, really specific in finding that balance. And some companies, based off of what they're offering to the public, is they sometimes have to lean more towards risk and then other companies need to lean more towards data and analytics. And then some people, it's really 50-50 in the middle. So just understand that nothing is black and white. And I really say this across the board as you know, business owners and being an entrepreneur, nothing is black and white. So even you know what we're talking about is there are some things that are going to be applicable to you and there's some things that aren't or there's some things that will become a- applicable later down the line i think it's you can use it all it just depends how you use it and what quote unquote chapter you're in in your business right yes. there so it's like you know if you're in growth or if you're coming off of growth and kind of getting that building up that strong foundation again to be able to grow upon again where you can use the whole concepts just slightly different uh, different forms depending on what chapter you're in um, in business one of the major things you were talking about how my mind was going so crazy when you looked at my eyes and <laughs> just all over the place is really every single one of those problems and i've said it in the previous podcast is that every single issue that we have is a communication issue. And when I say that is, you know, even in when it comes to um, lack of buy-in, you know, it's a communication issue from above to below. So from the visionaries, the entrepreneur, the CEO, the executives, and how they're able to communicate that vision, those goals, and do it in a way that's actually, you're taking something that objective and transferring that into subjective. Because when you look at the human behavior, we all make decisions based on emotions. And emotions are created from our belief systems. And this is why communication is so important, because it's not until you communicate the belief system and the belief system, when we really understand it, is just our beliefs of seeing is something have is going to give us more benefits than drawbacks. And that's we're all designed to go away from pain and increase pleasure. So as soon as the clarity from the vision comes into and then we create proper meetings to be able to have the executives, have the managers, the directors all become on the same page of the same belief, then we can sell that. Then we can communicate that properly to all of our employees and all to all eventually all of our customers. So every single issue that we have, not only in life but in business, is really just comes down to a communication issue. And that's why, you know, you look at analysis paralysis, for the most part, that's really just fear. And there's different forms of fear, but when we're not taking action, it's because we don't have clarity or that aspect of not having clarity allows our belief system to be unbalanced so that our belief system, we're not really sure about it. And that's installing that fear, which isn't allowing us to take action appropriately. And then we usually miss out on the opportunity. Well, I think that we should definitely go deeper into that fear aspect because I think that's really, really valuable for, for people. But, um, kind of segueing back to what you were talking about with like moving away from pain and moving towards pleasure, especially when you're presenting new ideas in a in a meeting style as a company, is the communication that you're you're describing, just for an example, is huge because and and the vulnerability aspect that we're talking about and the transparency and the fact that your team would feel comfortable with saying this out loud because 
when you present something new, and we've had this experience a million times, is that if it's not super clear as to why and how it goes back to the mission and how it goes back to the values of the company, people just start thinking, wow, well, this quarter is going to suck. I'm going to have so much on my plate. Great. I'm going to be working 80 hours a week, still making my same salary. Well, this is going to, you know, this is going to suck. And they're not going to say that out loud unless you have a culture that is built around that transparency and honesty and that people feel comfortable to voice those concerns. And, you know, at that moment, like you then have the opportunity to negate that fear or negate, you know, all the drawbacks that that person's thinking about and to say, okay, well, Actually, my vision is I'm actually going to hire someone in your department so that you're not going to have as much on your plate as you think that you do. And what I really want you to focus on is this. And then I'm going to have other people doing X, Y, and Z. So, and then the person's like, oh gosh, like, all right, amazing. And sometimes, you know, us having the big vision up on top, we miss those small aspects. Mm -hmm. And that's why meetings are so important to be able to have that quote unquote vulnerability to come in. And they'll be like, yeah, 100%. I see how this is going to move the needle forward for the business. But these are some of my concerns. Yeah. And then that's awesome because you, it's it's really comes back to Ray Dalio. One of his favorite principles that I take from him is, you know, let's get in that disagreement. Let's get in that argument, quote unquote, with somebody that's crazy smart and disagrees with what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. And then we can use both of that awareness, come together for really the best decision for the business. Yeah. And one thing that you... you said very quickly that so many times that we're going into meetings and we're fighting to be right and not wanting to be wrong, that comes from back to the ego. That comes back from being selfish. And when we're eagerly driven, it's never for the best interest of the business or anybody on our team. Yeah. And just one final thing I do want to say about this as well is as the CEO of the company, you do have to be a miner of conflict. So constantly mining for conflict. And and what I mean by that is the same exact scenario that I just described that, you know, Betty it ha- is now like, great, I'm going to have so much work on my plate with this new initiative or this new campaign. And when you're trying to implement better communication and you're trying to invite your team to speak on behalf of things that they're thinking and speak on behalf of things that they feel like are not going to work or or things that are stressing them out or making them overwhelmed or frustrated it doesn't happen overnight and they are not going to take you seriously unless you are truly taking the initiative to invite that. So when you have a meeting and you present something like that and it's crickets, but you just feel that the energy in the room goes down and you look at Betty's face and she just now has this face of despair is, hey, what's going on? I really would love to hear what's going on in your mind because there might've been something that, is misunderstood. There might be an opportunity for us to give you more support in your department, or, you know, there might be, you know, something that I'm missing that you can tell me on how we can roll this out more smoothly. So you have to get really comfortable with being able to mine that conflict and call people out and say, Hey, like I noticed you shifted after we, we talked about this. Like, I really would love your feedback. 
And that's how you're going to build the ability for your team to get more and more comfortable with bringing really important things to the table. So don't take it for granted that just because you said it once that now everyone's going to bring their concerns to the table. It's they're going to think like, oh, this might be this new woo woo initiative that we have. And it's going to it's going to be over in two weeks unless you are truly sticking with it and saying like, hey, I I really would love your feedback because I kind of noticed that um, you shifted a little bit after we were talking about this. And understanding it's not what you do, but how you do it is so important. So when we're looking for feedback, there's a very intelligent way to go about it. Because as we've talked in previous podcasts, if we ask for feedback in the wrong way, it can destruct literally something in seconds that's taken us hours to days to weeks to months to build. So it's really about, you know, intelligently using that energy in the compound to grow and not construct. So when we're asking for feedback, it's like, you know, when we see, and this is something to constantly train on, but when we see opportunities of problems, we need to shout out the problems, even if it's before the problem has occurred, but then follow it up with, these are the possible solutions. And this is why teams are so important and meetings are so important. So we can actually have the diverse aspect of awareness to be able to come into those solutions. You know, it's like one of the things I learned from NASA is that NASA, they have a diverse cultural team every time they go up to space. And they understand because everybody from a different culture has a different program of learning. And when we can see things differently, quote unquote, we can disagree, but we can use that disagreement to be able to have a diversity of concepts of subjective and objective data to be able to put together and then get the most amount of clarity so we can have the best decision to move forward. Yeah, 100%. And I know that I said I wanted to circle back to fear around making decisions in your business, but I know this is going to spiral (laughs) into a, a podcast of its own. So I am actually opting for that to be part three of this series of the five struggles of a CEO or entrepreneur, because I'm going to let you roll with all your human behavior stuff. So so now we're going from five to six. Maybe that's why I didn't know the title. (laughs) We're still at five. Don't you worry. (laughs) Don't you worry, my friend. (laughs) All right, guys. So we hope you really enjoyed this uh, segment. And I, I really can't press enough how important this is and For those of you that are kind of in the weeds and busy, I know all of this sounds like a lot to implement and you probably don't even know where to start. But, you know, this is where the Institute comes in, because when we do what we call our triple D, we do an actual deep dive into your business and figure out exactly where the breaks in the foundation are and why you potentially feel like the hamster on the wheel or why communication is not going as planned or why you're not executing on your vision or why you're not meeting the financial goals that you're trying to meet. So it's really, really all about how you do it. And again, this is something that we say in integrative medicine so much is you don't know what you don't know, because I sure as hell didn't know what I didn't know before I started to dive into all of these different gurus in business and taking pieces from each one and starting to really reflect and analyze my business and realizing it wasn't about poor marketing. It wasn't about lack of marketing spend. It wasn't about having a bad sales team. It wasn't about my website and the colors and the social media, you know, my Instagram looking beautiful. It wasn't about any of that. It was about 
what was happening internally. It was about the organizational health. It was about having, you know, not having the right people in the right seats. It was about not having standards on who we were and how we showed up for our customers. Like that's what it's about. And this not only helps your business grow, but it also gives you your life back as an entrepreneur and allows you to truly, truly love your business, but also to like regain loving your life. Because so many of us get so consumed by our businesses that we like lose track of what are we doing this for? You, literally everything you said right there was amazing because it just showed that everything is going back is not foundational work. You know, it's like it's trying to make everything pretty. Do, yeah. all, do all the finishing. It's patching the holes. Yep. You know, your your beautiful Instagram that you just spent 10 grand on somebody to redo and give you your fancy color palette and font palette. Like that shit doesn't matter. You know, like, yes, it's a nice aesthetic, but it only is effective when it's being built on a amazing mission and a company that has values that want to help humanity. Like that's what goes the mile. We were joking that some of our favorite people in both the business space and the integrative medicine space, they have like the ugliest social media, but they're on there and they're they're putting out free, amazing content to help people. And that's why they're popular. And that's why they're doing amazing work in their field. It's not because they, you know, hired someone to make it look super pretty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nick's like, I don't know anything about social media. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So we will be back with talking about analysis paralysis in your business and how it is affecting your decision making and how that fun little word fear pops in. And what's your acronym for fear? False evidence appearing real. All right, guys. We'll see you on the next one. You've reached the end of another episode of the Integrative Entrepreneur Podcast. Connect with us at integrativegrowthinstitute.com. Don't forget to sign up to our newsletter to receive our free materials. See you at the next episode. If you love today's episode of Integrative Entrepreneur Podcast, please head over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you.